Melinda and I enjoyed uh, some supper fellowship with John and Pat Graham here, and uh, I've asked one of them, I'll see which one, uh, would come and share a word of testimony about what God's been doing in their life and ministry. So, Pat, were you elected? <clears throat> Why don't you come on up? <clears throat> and we found out we have another mutual friend in common, Wilma Sullivan, mm-hmm. who teaches this message. Isn't that neat? Small world. It is. Well, I'd like to say what a, a blessing, what an honor and privilege it has been for me to be here and sit under Dr. Solomon's teaching. It's just been awesome just to be in his presence, a patriarch of the faith. It's been very humbling for me to, to be able to have this opportunity, and John Woodward as well. Just a tremendous blessing. Um, many years ago, I think about 30, uh, I was at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, and that was my first introduction to Handbook to Happiness. It was one of the books that I'm not sure how I got it, maybe it was a class requirement, but I read that book. But at that time, it was all up here, all my education was in my head, knowledge had not transformed into my heart, though it was very very powerful, and I remember enjoying the book a lot, very much. But I was kind of like the missionary that Dr. Solomon spoke about yesterday, that through the years, the transformation to the heart just had not taken place for me. So a number of years later, John, my husband, had been in the ministry uh, as a pastor. We had helped start a church and just done a lot of different things. And I'd always had a desire to come alongside women, to minister to women, um, just to help them come into salvation and a deeper knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the desire was there, but I struggled with how to do it. I took the classes that I could take on psychology, took some other training on how to counsel. Um, anything that came along my way, I would, wanted to be involved in, in furthering my training. But one day, about five years ago, a young lady knocked on my door, and she was desperate. She said, uh, Pat, she said, I don't know what to do. She said, I, I want to commit suicide. Um, I've tried to kill my husband. Um, I, I, the only thing that's kept me from committing suicide is my son. I don't want to leave him without a mother. She says, I just don't know what to do. She was desperate. And at that time, all I knew to do, I loved her. I tried to help her understand God loves you. And I took her to the Psalms, and I prayed with her. But that she needed more than that, and I just didn't know what else to do to help her. And I was desperate. And she left. I, I met with her several times, talked with her on the phone. I thought, okay, Lord, if I can just help her not commit suicide, you know, great, or kill her husband. But <laughs> um, I, I, just, I, was, I just went before the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't know what to do to help this woman. It's got to be you. And a, a friend of mine who was coming through Greenville, Wilma Sullivan, she called me and said, Pat, would you like to have lunch? And I said, sure. I said, I, I need to talk to you about this lady. And I did, and she suggested that I have her go to the Women's Refuge down in Vero Beach, Florida. She said, Pat, I believe she'll get the help that she needs down there. So there were all kinds of obstacles that the Lord miraculously overcame in order for this woman to go down there. But she did. She went down for three weeks. She was a mess when she went down there. Um, all sorts of 
issues in her life and in her circumstances. But as she was down there for three weeks, God began to do a miraculous work through the Exchange Life teaching that I knew nothing about at that time. When she came back after three weeks, she had been transformed. It was like this butterfly had come out of this tight cocoon. And I'm going, what happened to you? What in the world? And she began to share some things about identity. And I really, that was kind of new to me, all that she was sharing with me. And I heard the Lord just clearly say, Pat, I want you to go down there. I want you to go down there and learn how to help women at a deeper level like this young lady has been held. And I resisted a little bit, but I clearly heard the Lord tell me to do that. And so I went down there for two weeks with the purpose of learning how to help others. And wow, the Lord did an amazing, incredible work in my heart. As I began to understand the entrapment of legalism and self-righteousness, judgmentalism, Pride, all the nastiness of the flesh in my life, God began to show that to me and deliver me from that and, and show me who I was in, in Christ, my identity, and how to forgive others at a deep heart level. He made experiential in my life the things that I knew and had, and had been exposed to up here in my head. It transferred to my heart. And God did a work in me just in a relatively short period of time. I knew I wanted to have more training in this. And so I talked to the director there, who was a psychiatric nurse for many years, and had reached out to people, to to different women, knowing that what they really needed was that spiritual um, help. And so she had gone and, and done Grace Life training in Atlanta, Georgia, and that's that was why she was teaching the Exchange Life in the ministry there in Vero Beach. So I came back to Greenville and um, went online and found a place that taught the Exchange Life in Charlotte. Did not know that Dr. Solomon was here um, in Pigeon Forge, so close. But from that point. Um, God began to overflow from me the things that he taught me about identity and what Galatians 2.20 really meant, that I really died and that I am new, that I have a new past and that I have been totally, completely forgiven, past, present, and future, and to know and live out of who I am in Christ and to know that it's his strength, his power, he's the source, he really is the vine, and I am the branch. And as I just yield to him, he produces the fruit, and it overflows. And since then, the Lord has given me the blessed privilege of sitting before a number of women and teaching them these truths and the power of God's unconditional love and acceptance, which I find that people that have been Christians for many years, me included, did not truly understand the depth of God's love and acceptance of us. And that's a place of freedom. It's just a place of being able to express who we are in Christ and let Christ live out of us. And it's all Him. It's just all Him. And so to be here is kind of like, wow, for me. It's just incredible to have this opportunity to be here and and sit under these amazing men of God and just... um, allow God just to make this even deeper and more real in my experience.
<clears throat> Let's thank you for the testimony. Um, would you be available to for women's conferences and things? So, you pastors, uh, keep that in mind. Um, John, why don't you say something about how God's kind of pulled the team around you? What what's happening there? Thank you. Um, through the experiences of, of brokenness in, in our lives, um, first of all, with our daughter, uh, just a few years ago. Although we've gone this path and we've seen God work in our lives and bring us um, uh, little by little into more of a better understanding of this, it was the brokenness aspect of our daughter's divorce. Uh, we've never been through such a thing that was so hard and difficult. Um, and it was something that, as a father, I came to the end of myself and that I couldn't do anything for my children. And I guess of all the things that uh, I can do in my flesh... That was one thing I just couldn't do, and there wasn't anything that I could do at all. And uh, God used that, and, and then He used our brokenness in finances, kind of all at the same time. And that selfish prayer is a, a, a very real prayer, and, and uh, God honors His word and uh, and our commitment. And uh, as a result of that, and with the experience Pat, Pat went through as well, all this came about at the same time, and and the, the Lord uh, put a burden on our heart to surrender and do what he'd have us to do uh, as a result we have uh, several couples uh, a couple that we had led to Christ almost eight ten years ago that uh, are full of discernment we discipled them uh, as much as we knew how at that point in time but God's done a great work in that. And, and they are on staff with us we're starting abundant grace international discipleship ministries there in Greenville South Carolina and uh, another couple a retired missionary couple uh, who was also uh, down at the Vero Beach. Uh, she came back. Uh, she went down a uh, basket case uh, in terrible condition um, uh, and came back, changed, and the exchange life done such a work there. So we, we, we were doing some awesome things in the sense of allowing God to do, to do the work, and he's just doing some amazing things. Women, of course, are much more receptive and sensitive than us guys, and uh, God start, started with them in a great way and is moving. But And the men... Um, move a little slower. I find that uh, I'm receiving much of what I sowed in my head knowledge and uh, in my thinking, well, I know that. Yeah, I know that. And I know that. And so we are being confronted with that on every side. But it's a beautiful thing when uh, a man comes to the point when he says, I have heard that, but this is different than what I've heard before. I share that one testimony about um, uh, someone we've known for a long time whose wife had been counseled by Pat and he called me on the phone one afternoon sounded very upset and I couldn't believe this wasn't him and uh, out of his mouth came what did you do to my wife and I'm going whoa I can pray and say Lord what am I going to say here and uh, I, I got the answer I said well, it wasn't me it was Pat and <laughs> I said what are you talking about he said well he said yesterday he says uh, I was upset with her for something she had done and she stopped and turned around and looked me straight in the eye and she said that is not the truth, that's a lie I know who I am in Christ Jesus and Jesus wouldn't do that and she turned around and walked away he said when she did that it suddenly hit me and I was under conviction he said my wife has never acted that way before in her life this wasn't her and he says and I realized it was my fault and I was the one that was causing the problem John can you help me yeah, awesome. And, and I said, no, but I know somebody that can. And, and, it's, and 
that type of thing is happening over and over and over again. And uh, it's just amazing to see one get help and bring two back. Uh, and that's that's New Testament. Sure that's what's exciting about it. Thank you, John. Sure is. Our friend Edmund Speaker, who's based in Cary, North Carolina, is a missionary leader with Churches in Mission. And he was back for a refresher course at the Grace Fellowship Exchange Life Conference in Pigeon Forge, and he was asked to give a word of testimony here. Oh, what you do. So performance is very much part. But I had a privilege when I was <clears throat> born, to be born in not only in a Christian family, but to an outstanding mother. Even when, and actually I was born before Second World War, um, so when my dad didn't come back from the front, he was missed in action. We were daily hiding in the, or not daily, but almost in our basements because the bombs were found and some were made in America. And uh, we had to flee five months before the Russians. I saw in the life of my mother that Christ is stronger than bombs, than tanks, than death, than sickness, than whatever. And Dr. Solomon just a few minutes ago said, it's just amazing to think that you have no scars. I don't, because Jesus was bigger. So with six, seven years, he came into my life. And with 11 years, I understood that if he gave everything for me, I should give everything for him. So I started evangelizing when I was 11. Went to the Catholic churches in my area, wrote my own pamphlets, put them on the, in the confessionary, on the pulpits. Normally had somebody watching at the door, they never got me. Uh, because I understood that people need to hear about Jesus. Well, we moved to Brazil when I was uh, 15 years old. So I had to go through the culture shock and all of this. And then uh, went back to Germany to seminary and started coming back to Brazil with 27 years. Started leading a social work, the Church World Service, Lutheran World Relief, Food for Peace, representative from the evangelical churches in Brazil. So I worked a lot. And God blessed, our model was recognized in 35 countries of the UNO as a model. And then the Lord said, Edmund, wait a minute. If people die well-fed but without Jesus, they just look a little bit better in the coffin. But they spiritually are as dead as anybody else. Maybe your emphasis has to be corrected. And then it was Transworld Radio that uh, invited me. We started the ministry in Brazil for Transworld Radio. And after 14 years, invited me to the international. So for 34 years, I was in Transworld Radio. 31 years as uh, one of the leaders. I was international director. And then the Lord got me. It was in Singapore. We were preparing a big meeting, regional meeting. Who knows about Transworld or doesn't, but Transworld today is broadcasting in 220 languages, 260 countries, and through all the media channels you can imagine. So I had a big meeting to plan, and uh, I was quite disciplined. For many years I read the Bible once a year, I have my quiet time in the morning. 
But my heart was not okay. And I said, Lord, please, wouldn't you mind speaking to me? And he did, and he gave me Matthew 11, 28 to 30. You know it all, come unto me, all you are. At first I thought it was the wrong address, because I knew this by heart. But then it went to verse 29. And take upon you my yoke, and learn from me, for I am humble and meek in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. And I had to say, Lord, with all the good intention, but I don't have your meekness, neither your humbleness, but I want to learn. Please, would you mind teaching me? If you want to pray a dangerous prayer, that's one of those. And he started. The mission said, Edmund, you have been a leader for so many years. What we really need is a chaplain. And so I became the chaplain for TWR, and Dr. Salomon called me on the phone because through Peter Fry had heard of my position. And I had heard about his book. I hadn't read it. But I came here, and he was so gracious, gave me three days in his uh, bungalow. <laughs> and, uh, wow, what a transformation. Nothing new in a certain way, but I couldn't verbalize this exchange life. I think I was even living it to a certain point, but it was not so clear. But the identity was blocked in my life. I was a performer. And suddenly I realized how much good flesh I had produced. And I said, Lord, forgive me. But at the same time, he gave me a new freedom. Yesterday when I was traveling here in the evening, coming to this place, I couldn't help to think, these people here want fun. Huh? This is a fun city. But we are here because of happiness, right? It's a much deeper matter. Well, um, to make it short, the Lord showed me in, in the time in Transworld Radio how we live in a world where in the Christian world of 10 Christian leaders, only two finish well. It's a worldwide statistic, and there are seven reasons. The first is burnout, but then comes abuse of power, pride, sexual issues, financial issues, family issues, and people who live just from the past experience. Nothing is really functioning today. The fire is gone, but the routine is on. And, uh, well, as the Lord walked and worked in my life, he really called me then, even out of Transworld, even still connected, to a ministry with uh, churches and missions, which we call uh, Pastor Care Seminars Fermata. Fermata, the musical sign for past. We all play our instrument in the great orchestra of God, and that should be a time for fine-tuning. And uh, what are really the main and key issues in a leader's life? Well, one is identity, understanding what happened, and we are talking about this. The other is victorious living, Galatians 5, 16, 70, and this whole context. Wonderful teaching. I am just so blessed here by having this refresher. But then leadership. We have really understood that leadership has to be based on the model of Jesus. It's a leadership with a towel. And uh, then we speak about conflict resolution. Well, uh, is there conflict in the church? Is there conflict in missions? I remember doing a course on how to evangelize Muslims, and one-third of the course was about peacemaking. As somebody said, when two or three are gathered in his name, you have conflict. 
And it's all a matter of our flesh. So we have to get a hold on it. And then family relations. Wow, we live in a time where the family is under fire. And here you go, pornography, even in the pastor study. Well, uh, the exchange life when it comes to these intimate relationships, yeah. Uh, the Lord has also burned me very much with a ministry my wife is leading, which is, which is called Project Hannah, Ministry of Prayer in over 125 countries, Ministry of Radio Programs in 59 languages at the moment, and also a Ministry of Mercy. And before coming here, I was in touch with my wife. It's the most beautiful Brazilian you can get. And... Uh, but also dedicated to the Lord fully. So I help her as a backup. And then uh, last year, the Lord really put something new in my heart. We were in Holland, and a leader of Transworld Radio said he was just coming back from Africa, and brother had been in a Project Hannah meeting and came up to him and said, tell me, why does Transworld Radio not have a program for men? We men need so much help. And it's so true. If we speak about the women being the victims, the men are the perpetrators and the fortresses Satan uses. So I'm involved in a ministry also that is producing 65 programs, tailor-made for men, 15 minutes each, and we hope to use it in the uh, social media like Lingua DMS, Transworld Radio has, or radio programs. And I brought with me a book that speaks about these victories during wartime, and whatever, if you still have money left, buy first the GFI books. Give your five dollars here to our brother. But if you still have ten bucks, you will help us also in the ministry for the men. I'm sorry, I might be going ahead here, but what a joy to have people like Dr. Solomon, his team, John and Linda, and uh, I would have mentioned uh, John 12:24 because even if you are not seeing all the impact, you are sowing a seed of dying and the Lord will give its increase. You know, GFI is not a mission that is all over the place at this point, but I think the Lord will be through us and many others who will be blessed through this seminar. Thank you so much, John. I look forward to having you back in Brazil for Hermata. By the way, in the last eight years. We had 60, yeah, 67 of these pastor castingers in Brazil alone. Normally it's 25 to 30 couples, different denominations. I want couples because uh, the separation between a husband and his wife unfortunately has brought so much evil. So, uh, and uh, John has been in a couple of those beside other countries. Thank you so much. Dr. Betty Tower of Plant City, Florida, shares a word of testimony at a recent Grace Fellowship International Conference. In gratitude to Dr. Solomon and his books, uh, because they've changed my life. And I, I was sharing with um, um, Pat that... Um, <laughs> that when I first got this information, it, the diagram was shared a little bit different, but the truth was there. And Dr. Solomon's book was handed to me at that time. I, I never knew anything about 
exchanged life. I've, I've been in church all my life and never gotten anything about exchanging your life. And I had just, when I began counseling, learned about through Campus Crusade and someone teaching me there about how to have Christ on the throne of my life. And so, you know, that was a great first step toward exchanging your life, but it's incomplete. And so, you know, I used that, and God used it in many people's lives in my counseling, but when I got the information uh, and was exposed to Handbook Happiness, I, I, I had to know all I, all I could get to know about it. I, can, I still can't go enough. I've been here three times, and I've been to uh, two, three conferences, plus invited John to do two that I, that I helped uh, set up and participate. So, you see, I can't learn enough. If Dr. Solomon was close enough, I would come to every single conference that he put on uh, because I, you just learn something every single time you come. Like I said, once God share, shared with me, once he provided someone in my life to teach me and expose me to exchange life, and I, and I had my white funeral, I, I got a certificate. I have a death certificate. I've been going to get one of those for my office and let people have this because every once in a while I do have somebody die in counseling. You know, most people wouldn't want to send somebody to a counselor when people are going to die there, but but I do have people that die from time to time, and uh, and I have my uh, the the where when I died the people gave me a certificate. I don't really need it. I haven't used it since because I live that way. Um, but it's changed my life. You live dead. Huh? I live dead, yes. And it, and it has revolutionized my life in so many ways. And, um, and I see um, that how it affects the lives of people that I share it with. Um, uh, my cousin uh, Patsy traveled with me this time, and I was sharing with her, no names of course, but I was sharing with her that within the last probably three months, I've had two men come one of them his wife came later but she's she's gone through the motions she hasn't really died yet but when I shared what John has shared with you today and what they're going to the next part of it they're going to share this man said Betty I've never heard this before in my life but I want it right now and so he he died and his life has not been the same ever since and eventually his wife came, and we're still working on that journey. But I had another man come just a few weeks ago. His wife has not come. I don't know if she ever will. Um, but I don't usually share this the very first session that people come in. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing preliminaries, but God just said, share it. So I just, I didn't have an appointment after him. So we just took the next time that we needed, and I went through what you saw here and the next part of it. I gave him a chance to to totally commit his life to the Lord, Romans 12, 1 and 2. He grabbed it, checked it off, signed it, couldn't wait to do it. And then when we got to the supper prayer that, that will be shared with us later, um, he, he said, that's what I want to do. And so I saw him about a week after that. He called me kind of like for an emergency appointment, not for him anymore, uh, but for what was going on in his life. And he said, he said, Betty, I am not the same man. I will never be the same man again because that my life has changed. I died here. 
when I learned it, I have to share this with you, and then I'll give the mic back to John. I I realized that that I had shackles on me. Shackles because of uh, things that I that people had done to me that I had not forgiven. Didn't even really understand about that journey very well. I did use forgiveness in my counseling up until that point, but but now in so much a greater way. But whenever I forgave everybody, I first of all I had to die and have my funeral, and then I forgave those people that that had injured me in my life. When I got through with that, it was like the Lord said, "The shackles have fallen off of you." I literally, now you may think I've lost my mind and why would anybody go to a counselor like this, but I literally went over and picked up those shackles off of the floor. You could not see them, but I know they were there, and I put them in the trash can. And then I took that bag out of the trash can before I left the next morning because they had a place for me to spend the night there, and I put them in their trash. And I called them two days later and I said, have you taken your trash out? And they said, yes. I said, well, good, because my shackles were in that trash, and I wanted to be sure they were thrown away. That's how free that I was as a result of what God did in my life. And this is life-changing. And I hope that you have all or have or will experience that change in your life because there is no other way to live. It is the most freeing way to live. And because if you're dead, you can't be worried about stuff. And if you're dead, you know, you can't be hurt because, yeah, we do get hurt. We're still human. I'm not trying to say that. But you just don't let it stick to you, okay? And and you don't take the shackles back. I just absolutely refuse to take the shackles back. Thank you. Thank you.